Greetings, dear listeners. It's Lee here with Reformed Meditations, and I'm coming to you from a hotel room in Atlanta because I'm at the G3 conference. Uh, I'm bringing you a, a newish episode this week uh, since I've been a little bit busy. It's an interview that I recently did with Lauren over at Tulips and Honey uh, talking about uh, a couple different subjects, and I thought I'd bring it to you guys as well. You should truly check out her podcast and YouTube page. It will be a real delight for you. So enjoy this conversation I had with Lauren over at Tulips and Honey. We'll talk to you later. All right, well, Humblebees, welcome back to Tulips and Honey. I'm your host, Lauren Herford, and today I have a very special guest joining me today. I'm very excited to welcome back on the program Lee Jones from Reformed Meditations, one of the bar podcast, no, bar network. I can I can remember things. One of the bar network's podcasts. Podcast. Lee, thank you so much for joining me on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to have a chat. Awesome. Okay, so before we go into like the depth of everything, we're going to discuss. We're going to discuss your super awesome podcast, which I've been binge listening to ever since you uh, let me in on the secret that this was it was your podcast because uh, I had already <laughs> subscribed. But since I didn't recognize it, I was like, I don't know. I don't know what this one is. Um, so we'll talk about that in a minute. But before we do, can you share your testimony with everybody? Sure. Sure. Um, I've been a I've I've been a Christian since I was about six years old or so. So I was a very young convert. Um, and so it, I've been, um, I've been into the whole repent and believe thing for a long time. So I was convicted of my sin when I was about that age. And then, um, God's been very merciful to me over the course of my life. Um, and I've, uh, by his grace been able to, to grow in, um, maturity and knowledge and hopefully in witness to those around me. So, um, so I'm very grateful to him for his blessings there. Um, college was a big growing point for me. Um, I had always attended church growing up and um, with my family, my whole extended family. And so we were always at the same church. So to be away from all of them in a different place um, was a very um, overall good but trying experience for me. And that was when I got interested in Reformed theology was when I was in college. And that, oh, was, a big, that was a big turning point for me. I was just going to ask you that about the Reformed theology. So it's really cool that uh, you you have this testimony where you were young because a lot of times people who have that same or similar testimony, they feel sort of weird about the fact that um, all these other folks are like, yeah, you know, I was like 80 and, and I'd done all this horrible stuff. So I'm glad that you you uh, were able to share that. But so you went, you went to college. What, what happened? Because usually people go to college and they move further away from solid doctrine. So how did you end up in college getting closer to solid doctrine? <laughs> Yeah, well, um, I I had you know I, I was a I was a committed Christian you know all through my childhood and early young adulthood and when I went off to college I wanted to make sure and confirm that that my faith was my own faith and not simply just me copying the faith of my parents or or my family. Right. So I did a really dangerous thing and I I decided I wanted to read through the Bible without any of my preconceived notions previously. Wow. Yeah, which is which is. A dangerous thing like it's not necessarily something i recommend to anybody but <laughs> it just so happened that at that time i was also an avid podcast listener and it happened upon renewing your mind the ligonier ministry podcast and so i was listening to rc Sproul at the same time i was embarking on this biblical reading experiment and it turned me into the uh, cranky reformed baptist that i am today <laughs> it's not enough to be reformed you also have to be cranky it's true and the beard is is necessary yeah the beard matters. <laughs> <laughs> what does Spurgeon yeah, say about I beards? Her, I remember one day, clicked for me, 
I, I love the beards. Uh, that was one of the. I did start growing a beard pretty quickly after I uh, uh, became convinced of Reformed theology. That's funny. And it's funny because it all kind of clicked for me. One day I was reading my I was reading my Bible over lunch, and I had just started reading Ephesians, and I got to Ephesians two one through ten. And as I read through that passage, um, which is, a, you know, a pretty, as about it now, a pretty straightforward gospel presentation, but um, it was really revolutionary. Um, and that was kind of when all the, all this came into place. I'm like, oh, yeah, uh, this, this whole thing makes sense now. <laughs> and it's been straight on ever since then. <laughs> wow. That is so great. Oh, I love, I love all of the R.C. Sproul stuff. And it's so neat to have that even now that he's gone. Um, and what, how funny that you just sort of randomly stumbled into it, you mm-hmm. know? We hear of like YouTube holes that people fall down, but to fall down a podcasting hole is a lot different. And uh, you have to be a yeah. very avid podcast listener to do that. Is that why you started podcasting yourself? <laughs> I, I loved it. Yeah. Um, the, I loved renewing your mind. Uh, there were a couple other theological podcasts that I was listening to at the moment too, because I've been listening to podcasts for a long time. I'd, I've been listening to different, they weren't Christian podcasts at the beginning. Um, but it, in the early days when podcasting was really first coming around in like oh five oh six, so I've been listening to different podcasts ever since then. That was back when basically podcasts were just reprogrammed uh, public radio shows. Yeah. Um, and so uh, looking for Christian podcasts, I was just fortunate that God steered me away from you know the, like the Joel Osteen podcasts <laughs> and things like that, and put me on to uh, to Sproul instead. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows what Grace of God. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, all an act of mercy. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you're you're listening to all these great, you know, podcasts. But it probably, I don't know about you, but like a few years ago, there actually wasn't just the mass amount of podcasts that we have like access to today, which is important because you know, um, reformed people disagree with like one another on everything. So we all need our own specific podcasts so that sure. we can <laughs> so that we can all have our own. You know, I love I love podcasts. So I think you know. The more the merrier. But what what made you decide? Was it that that whole thing of, of like, wow, there's there's Joel Osteen podcast out there, and I don't I don't like that? Or how did you end up podcasting yourself? <laughs> well, I started in podcasting with um, guys with Bibles. So two two friends of mine, Sean and Scott, and uh, we we were all um, burgeoning uh, theology nerds, and <laughs> we thought a, a podcast might be a nice outlet for an excuse for us to have some uh, theological and biblical conversations with each other, and maybe some other people would get some uh, some some good out of it. Because, you know, a lot of a lot of Christian podcasts, you know, at least up until well, maybe even just a few years, a lot of them were either based in a seminary or taught um, almost in like a class format by a pastor or uh, an accredited theologian. Um, but we thought it was an interesting idea to go at it from a, um, just from a layman's perspective, you know, average Christians, none of us are pastors. And um, so I, I love that format. Um, and that's the kind of thing that I'm trying to carry on now um, with reform meditations too. It's a, it's the similar drive of the um, the thoughts of a uh, of a layman who's really interested in theology, and maybe that will hit different for for people out there um, who are maybe interested in theology but think it may be too much over their head. Because if it's not over my head, then you've got a pretty good shot that you'll understand <laughs> it too. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're doing a fantastic job. I absolutely love it. I love it. I've been listening to the um, the theonomy, the series that you did through the theonomies and scripture, and it's oh, really yeah. helpful. Yeah, to have you as a layman really lay that out and explain it, and and as you go along, you're ex- you're explaining theology as as you're teaching through these, which is like a double, um, I guess, killing two birds with one stone kind of thing. 
because you're you're telling us about theonomies, but you're also giving us all this great theology. So you're doing a fantastic job. But I have to ask, where did where did the name Reformed Meditations come from? I've had a, uh, a burr in my saddle for the last few couple years um, over uh, the the culture obsessed meditation. You know, there apps uh, out there or or focus on just yourself, focus on your breathing, focus on these kinds of things. And I've, like I said, I've had a burr in my saddle over that because Christian meditation uh, is sort of a lost art, and it's the opposite of that. Because we're, as Christians, when we meditate, we're we're not emptying our mind, filling ourselves. We're focusing on Christ. We're focusing on the Word. Uh, we're focused out. Um, so, in, in fact, we are active in our meditation, not passive. And so that was something that I wanted to kind of put front and center um, in this new podcast experiment was that um, we, we should meditate. We can meditate as Christians, but we don't meditate the way the world does. Uh, we meditate like Christ, and we meditate on Christ. Oh, so that's, that's what I've great. been trying to do. I love that. That is so cool. Okay, that's that's very, very cool. Yeah, it is frustrating whenever biblical um, behaviorisms and stuff are taken and just sort of, you know, deconstructed, maybe? I don't know if, that's, if that falls under that. But it is frustrating whenever there's this important thing, because then it's more difficult to get people to do it, um, especially folks that have come out of New Age. Mm-hmm. When they hear somebody say, oh, you know, we're going to meditate on the word, they hear something completely different than what the biblical meaning is behind mm-hmm. it. So I'm really glad that you're addressing that and, and that you, you feel passionate about that because it is important. And if we don't address all these things, people are just going to continue being confused. But you have uh, you have some select, uh, it's funny because you talk about being a layman, but you're uh, you're brilliant. And, and I'm just going to say that as somebody who has been stomped by you in the church trivia nights from uh, the Revived Studio guys inviting us on. And, and, I, and I always thought it was really funny whenever they send me the invite. And I'm like, I would love to go. I think public embarrassment is fun. Let, yes, please let me do this live. So um, I'm there for the comedic relief to be ridiculous. But you're there to actually win, which you do very frequently because you're brilliant. So uh, you obviously have a passion for church history. What Where did that stem from? And why is church history so important to you? Uh, I love church history because... I think it's really important for Christians to have a good basis in uh, in knowledge of how we've gotten to where we are today, because the way that we approach uh, the problems of our time uh, or theological controversies or any sort of things, um, there's no sense of reinventing the wheel. Um, and as I've said before, in fact, I think I even said it uh, in the chat on your one of your latest uh, live uh, streams was that there are no new heresies, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and so if we understand the old heresies and who was teaching them and what they're about, we'll be able to take the shiny packaging off that our, our current day likes to, to wrap old heresies up in, be able to to do away with them. So the more we know of church history, the easier it is to kind of navigate today's waters. Because there's really, there is nothing new under the sun, as the Bible says. So we, we might as well believe that. So I only, I, I got to tell you, I, I learned my church history through podcasts. Right. Two yeah. specific podcasts. Um, Five Minutes in Church History, which is a Ligonier podcast, which is amazing. Love and then um, the, the the Christian Almanac, which is a more recent podcast, which is done by 1517. Um, I, I do love my Lutherans. Sometimes I get in trouble for that, but that's also good. Yeah. That's okay. I had Chris Roseborough on the program, and his, his, his episode is one of everybody's favorites, so you're good with your love for Lutherans. Um, I, had this, I just had this conversation the other day with, with my husband where he was like, so the Lutheran church, do they, do they stem from Martin Luther? Um, because it seems like they're a little further away. And I was like, well, there's, there's sections. You can't, you can't just like, you know, you can't lump them all in. There's, there's sections. You gotta be, you know, you gotta be loving to the, 
we, we do have some brothers and sisters in, in certain areas, <laughs> but I do, I do think that's really cool. I haven't heard of that second podcast. I'm going to find it and, and I'll still lose because my memory is uh, worse than a goldfish. I can't remember anything. <laughs> and the only reason I've ever gotten any questions right is if it literally was something I learned so long ago that my mind is like, oh yeah, sure. Why not? We can remember that. But if it's something I tried to study for in advance, I, I'm not going to remember it, but, yeah, but history, it's, it's so, yeah, it's so, it's so fun to get to learn these things. And I love that you mentioned the, uh, the heresies and everything that just keeps coming back because it's, it's, well, okay. I'll, let's, let's be honest. It is a little frustrating whenever you're reading through church history and you're like, wait a minute, we've already dealt with this nonsense. Why are we having to deal with it again? But <laughs> then you, you meet the men of God who dealt with that nonsense you know, and you sort of, you know, well, I guess it's not really like a bonding, but it does, it feels like you get to know these people. Like there's times in my life where I'm just like, you know what? I really, I just need to hang out with my Puritan friends. And, um, I just, I can't, I can't read anything oh, yeah. other than that. You know? Yeah. You just go through those little, those little moments where, where you're actually getting to know our church family throughout history through this. And it helps encourage me not to get so discouraged because the heresies, they do just keep getting repackaged. And you mentioned one on that live event, which, which stemmed this whole, this whole super exciting episode here uh you mentioned deconstructionism which is something that uh Kristen everett and i have been talking about uh, via text because she sees this a massive amount over on tiktok which is which is odd because tiktok is you know not necessarily something that you would consider to be a christian platform <laughs> but there are you know there are reformed believers over there there's some wonderful definitely not <laughs> yeah there's there's some wonky stuff but the majority of what she's coming up against is deconstructionism so so since you mentioned that and i have you here and you're brilliant will you will you let us know a little bit about that and why it's so dangerous it, it's it's very dangerous um it seems to be kind of a newer term at least from based on uh, the attention i've been paying i remember back even just a few years ago where people were talking about deconversions uh and this seems to be stemming out of that i did a honestly i did a, a too long of, of a blog series uh, on the guys of the bible's blog when the lead singer of Hawk Nelson over uh, and the same the same things are are that boiled over there uh, come through in the deconstruction stories that we see on online now, where people had very basic foundational questions that nobody answered in the churches they grew up in, um, and they were given no tools to find the answers themselves. And so instead of looking for the tools or asking questions, they've decided to quote unquote deconstruct. Which, from in my own definition, seen online, you're you're taking the faith as it was delivered to you, and um, taking it apart bit by bit until there's nothing left. Wow. So it's sort of a, a grab um, laying down of the faith um, that that some people have engaged in. One of the prominent people is actually um, Abraham Piper, John Piper's son, who's wow. really active on TikTok and has done a lot of stories, um, and they're. They're rough. They're rough to listen to because he's trying to sound so um, intelligent about the whole thing. Like he's completely dismantled the uh, the lies or or uh, inaccuracies that have, that were taught to him. And, and really, all he's done is just a different worldly platitudes. And again, as we talked about with church history already, um, these are kind of things that have already been answered way before our time. Um, right. And they they pop up under under different guises. Wow. And I had wondered. And when we were talking on the on the live stream about whether um, theological shifts uh, can be considered deconstruction, um, so like for me, I reformed. You know, I, I came to an understanding of reformed theology later. Was that deconstruction? Um, I can I don't consider it that, and the reason why is because every everything I've seen 
um, people coming from a deduction point of view, it all involves doubt. Yeah. And I don't think that um, shifting your theological basis should have anything to do with doubt. Right. In fact, it really it, it should be about increasing trust, you know, increasing trust in in Scripture as you're putting together your your uh, basis for why you believe what you believe. Um, there should, I mean, uh, obviously, there I guess there can be doubt in there. You know, doubt is something that we're plagued with as sinners more often than we like to admit. But the doubt that makes you abandon solid teaching really doesn't doesn't come into that i don't in my own estimation i'm not sure maybe what you might think about that but no i agree with you 100 percent. that's what's so disturbing to me about this is we're supposed to be growing in the grace and the knowledge of of our lord we're not we're not supposed to be regressing if we're you know if if there are folks leaving the faith then they really were never of us so it, it's it's frightening for me to see people who are basically saying we can doubt all of this stuff but i'm still going to teach in your circles and i'm still going to try it like like it's 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 two different things so we see like the guys from um good mythical morning they decided that you know they were just going to finally come out and admit oh. the fact that they'd lost the faith you know and, and it had been a it had been a gradual process but they're not actually spending all their time trying to convince everybody else also to give up their faith like it, it, it doesn't seem to be their focus where i mean they'll go on interviews and i'll answer questions and and so it, that's different than what these folks are doing where they've deconstructed their own faith, but they also want you to doubt. And to me, that that's, that's like you said, that's completely opposite. Whenever I realized that, um, reformed was really just another word for like biblical. I, um, I was like, Oh, this is, this is great. This is learning. I'm learning and I'm understanding. So rather than deconstructing, it was just really building on top of the faith that was already laid down at my salvation and, and adding to it each each time with, with more understanding. The more I understand of God's attributes, the more I understand of the doctrines of grace, the solas, all that stuff, the better I understand about how incredible it is that God saved me because I understand him better and I understand my own wretchedness better. That's the opposite of doubting. That's That really is, like you said, putting putting even more emphasis on faith. So I think you're right. I agree with you um, about that, about the, the deconstructing really being the opposite of, of turning to faith, but I can understand why their position would state we're doing the same thing if we're if we're growing in, in grace. I can understand from their perspective. Basically what they're saying is any change is deconstructing. But there's a difference between taking something apart and adding on to it. Like I don't know if you have ever enjoyed Legos as much mm-hmm. as I have. You, you know, it's really hard to peel those oh. Legos apart. Oh yeah. <laughs> I figured I mean, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm as much of a yes. dork as everybody expects me to be. Especially after you've stepped on them and hurt yourself. <laughs> I have been, I am the luckiest mom in the world. My daughter hates Legos. She will, she cannot sit still and she can't stand like the process of it. So I have never had to step on a Lego, but I like them myself. <laughs> and, and it's sort of like a really great analogy. If you think about building things and adding onto it is totally different than taking it mm-hmm. apart and building something new. That's that's completely just utter heresies. I, I I am glad that you explained that and that you made that clarification because it is a lot of emotionalism. What what I'm seeing with the deconstruction uh, stuff, people are very emotional about these things, and it I can yeah. I can see it coming out of the word of faith. I saw people absolutely devastated by what they were being taught. People who who needed medical treatment and wouldn't get it. People who should have been taking specific medical uh, medicines. And we're refusing to take it, even though it was life-threatening not to take it. But I, I mean, I can really see how mm-hmm. certain certain false teachings um, could lead to that. It's a little harder to understand how um, the Reformed theology could lead to that. I, I can't I can't see it, but that's probably just because I'm 
standing on this side of it rather than the other side of it. And maybe I just need to, to listen more and try to understand. But I mean, as like a card carrying Calvinist, I'm just like, this is the best. I don't know why anybody would ever want to deconstruct it because it's awesome. But um, have you noticed anything like this on, um, on Twitter? Is it a growing trend, do you think? Or is, do you think that this is going to be something that pitters off into something different? It strikes me as sort of a meme, like the mm -hmm. talking deconstruction is just another way of saying what people have said all along, that they disagree with Christianity uh, on various issues, and people who considered themselves Christians formerly and no longer are. It's just new buzz language to put on it. Um, but from what I've seen, it's the same stories of people that have left the faith in the past. Um, and, you know, a lot of it I, I chalk up to the fact that, you know, the truth of God is spiritually discerned. And if your eyes have not been opened, and maybe this this is my Calvinism coming out, I suppose, but if your eyes haven't been opened and your ears haven't been opened to, to hear the word, then of course you're going to disagree because yeah. Christianity is all about the glory of God and his love toward us and our love for him uh, because he loved us first. Uh, that is not going to be appealing to an unredeemed person. So of course they'll disagree. So disagreements with Christianity are nothing new. But it's, um, it's the way that it gets um, not only presented to us online, the, the sort of language that's used, and then the fact that the world is so friendly to um, people who hate Christianity. So they will receive a bigger platform than those who defend the truth. That makes sense. And that's, I mean, that's the way it is. That's the way it always has been. Uh, that's the way of the world. So um, some of it really isn't all that big of a surprise. It's just, um, it's almost like... Uh, um, trends in fashion or something yeah you know, we're just this is the hot new thing right now and there will be a new trend later but we'll yeah. just live through through this one like christians have lived through so many other um memes of the past yeah i was really uh i was really concerned whenever the whole like young restless and reformed kind of movement was gaining steam and it was heading towards a little bit more of a tipsy way where, where folks were sort of jumping on and, and it was maybe a little bit more fun and exciting. Whereas I'm all over here, like, this is too deep for my poor little pathetic brain. And I can't, I can't, you know, like go around, you know, waving a little exciting, I don't know, flag or whatever, being all pumped with everybody. Um, because it was, it was intense. It was, it was an intense point in time where I was learning and understanding in a way that, that, um, I just had, I had to get rid of all the nonsense I had been taught. So when all that was happening, I, I was concerned. And actually Becca and I talked about this whenever she was co-hosting at the very beginning of this podcast, that it was a concern of ours that, to see that there were these, um, sort of, they, they really, they wanted to look cool and it was a bit of a trend at the time. And I wonder if some of the folks that were on that trend have have jumped on this one I, i'd be interested to keep an eye out and see because it, it is a disturbing disturbing thing to see folks who they'll they'll be all like oh i know the doctrines of grace and i know all about that but but they also are um, deconstructing but one thing that really gets me and i'd love to hear your thoughts about this it was definitely not on the list of questions that i sent you but I, it occurred to me and you're here and you're trapped so you have to Go for it. <laughs> -ah 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 -ah. um so <laughs> i've noticed that they really don't like it and i and i don't just mean the folks that are deconstructing i mean like people who've left the faith in general they really don't like it whenever we point out if you've left the faith then you weren't you weren't of us to begin with why why do you think it is that that bothers them so much because i've never heard somebody say yeah that's right i always get an argument back to that the, the postmodern mindset that has sort of infected the world is all about tribes, right? Everybody's got a tribe that you've got to belong to. And if we have a credible way of saying you were never, you were never a Christian, you were never a part of this, you, sure, you may have attended a church, you may have even been a member at a church for a long time, but you never believed in Christ. If you had, you would have 
persevered with us. Um, despite whatever disagreements you may have about something or other, your faith in Christ would have still united with ours. But you left. You did not have that. Um, that's infuriating to um, the postmodern world because we have, by saying that, you have delegitimized their time in the tribe. Uh. At, at that time, they considered it important enough to be part of their identity. So you've attacked identity by saying you never were one of us. Wow. Part of this is why um, I, I'm on a personal mission to make confessionalism cool again. Because <laughs> the thing that's great about the Reformed confessions is they leave no, no wiggle room on things like yep. this. Um, churches that have a loosey-goosey, even, even some Calvinistic, Calvinistic churches may have a loosey-goosey sort of statement of faith that you could assent to mentally, whether you believed it or not, but you can't escape the, the rigors of a Reformed confession. So like for myself as a Reformed Baptist, I, I'm 1689 confession affirming. Um, and, and as well as a lot of the other Reformed confessions, except on a few minor details, um, those are things that you, you really can't, you can't assent to simply mentally. Um, right. The, uh, the, the contemporary Christian world has made it too easy to, to just speak Christianese and get along mm -hmm. without a true knowledge of, of the faith. Yeah. And I know sometimes the, the Calvinistic circles get accused of, of being too cerebral, and um, it, you know I if get you check the right all the time. Yeah, it, it's almost like checking theological boxes, you know, yeah. in order to get along. Well, no, the, the boxes are there because we're trying to, to ascertain and grow the faith of the faithful. Yeah, you know, and that's a gift from Christ, and um, we have the we have not only a duty but also the privilege to um, to go deeper into the word, to, to understand the works of God, the nature of God, all of it um, based in study of the word. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing cerebral about that at all. That right. You may learn something mentally from that, and, and learning theology is good, but that's got to reach the heart. Wow. You got to have both. You have to have both the head and the heart. Yeah. That, that, you know, it's so weird that you mentioned that because actually while we were trying to find a specific church in, in town, I actually saw on a website that claimed, they're like, yeah, you know, confessions are great. We love them. We don't hold to any of them because, you know, they're in the past and we're, you know, today. And I was like, that's a weird, that's a weird thing to put in there. Like, that's so random. Really? Um, yeah. Like I love the 1689. Are you kidding me? That's like the, the best. Why, why would you? Why would you specifically put it just randomly? I was like, okay, well, maybe not that particular church. We'll find. They one. have a low view of church history. Yes, That's yeah, there you go. And I don't, I don't like to be talked down to. Um, and now, granted, my my IQ and my level of of intelligence might might actually need to be talked down to. But I don't want you to talk down to me. I want to go to a church where you talk, you know, where you teach me all of these things and where it's where it's really ed edifying and it's it's theologically rich. And just seeing that automatically, I was like, oh, this is going to be. This is going to be one of those places where, where it's not going to connect all the dots. And if you connect all these dots with the confessions, the church history, the theology, all this stuff, deconstruction, and really all these other heresies, I mean, you're, you're putting up um, a, a system where your, your congregation can fight against all of those different issues all on their own, just simply because you are acknowledging church. Why, why would you not? I don't know. I don't, I don't understand why you would not acknowledge church history. But speaking of tribes, I, do, I have a very important question for you. You already, uh, of course, know that um, tribes are sometimes necessary uh there's there's two important tribes right now in the christian faith that are fighting against one another and that's over pineapple pizza so i, I need to know before i can um before so i don't stick my little squirrel here on you which which um which side do you you know what i should explain that really quickly because this is a podcast not just youtube so for those of you listening i have a new squirrel puppet and i'm really excited about my squirrel puppet yeah he's he's like super detailed and i don't know how to actually use him yet but whenever i figure out how to make him do stuff 
you want to bet it's going to be nonstop. Um, this is ridiculous. But when my, when my daughter saw it, she was like, you have to buy that. She was like, it doesn't matter what it costs. You have to have it. So I was like, well, you know, you I mean, this tulips and squirrels. <laughs> I'm, I'm in the squirrel tribe and the Oreo tribe. And, and, and so I got my little squirrel here, but I do need to know, um, about your pineapple pizza proficiency so I can see whether or not I need to be praying for you or not. Yeah. I, I affirm against pineapple on pizza. Oh, praise as, God. As I affirm against the papists and I affirm against <laughs> pineapple. <laughs> since phil johnson told me that uh, pineapple pizza is blasphemy that was wonderful <laughs> thank you my pleasure <laughs> i love it oh my goodness okay see now you can come back on the program and we can be yeah. friends and my squirrel will not attack you um he's gonna <laughs> my daughter thinks that me purchasing this means i don't still want a live squirrel as a pet but that's not true i do i still want a live squirrel as a pet this is just practice anyways um i've been bitten I... by a squirrel before <gasps> have you really yeah, i am yeah. so sorry to hear that it's not funny i'm sorry it was my fault no it was my fault i chased it into a, a corner of like a an outbuilding or, or a barn and like dumb teenage me i'm like oh I'll, I'll try to pick it up and i picked it up and it just sank those teeth right into my hand oh no oh yeah so like i've heard they're really sharp and actually they're quite sharp. painful oh did you have to do like the whole uh rabies shot thing too no no i didn't i didn't do any rabies shots and i'm still living so yeah i was gonna say because i heard there's like 12 shots and it's horrible but um who wouldn't want to you know corner a squirrel and pick them up yeah. it's not your fault that they are fluffy and cute they, you can't they're, they're fluffy and adorable yes they look they look so friendly i've had so many people tell me that they were attacked by squirrels they're like yeah they look friendly and people show all these videos of them being friendly but really if you go anywhere near them they will attack you and i'm like i know <laughs> i i realize that that's why they're I don't libertarians they don't want to be mad <laughs> i know they just want their freedom for heaven's sakes we had one living outside our house that would that would twitch its tail and and chipper at us anytime we looked at it like don't even look at me don't even look at me this is my tree this is my world and i i mean i expected at any moment for it to actually throw stuff at us but it, it never did and we fed it and it got really fat but anyways that's that's all uh, that's all a massive squirrel i have one more question for you brother before i let you go um what what is it that we can be praying for you for with your with your podcast or your life or anything that's going on um thank you uh thank you for the offer um if you would if you pray for um g3 i'm gonna be there um next week uh so um prayers for safe travel for not only me but for everybody coming um pray that it's a good and uh, glorifying to god uh conference it'll be edifying for all the members i'm really excited to meet some people that i've known for a while but never got to meet in person um and uh that that's huge and yeah. um and, and i work in the uh in the medical field i, I actually work in nursing homes and I didn't know that. A, do you really yeah. mm -hmm. oh, that's so yeah. cool yeah i've been i've been working in nursing homes for about five years uh in in different uh different positions and you know there's a lot of trepidation right now with um, vaccines and vaccine mandates right. and so um prayers for um for my my friends and colleagues across the country in hospital settings nursing home settings uh independent living assisted living that um that uh there's not a, a huge loss of of uh, employment over uh disagreements over things like this I, I'm, I'm concerned about about all those folks so. yeah i've seen unfortunately i've seen a lot of folks online that are uh, absolutely devastated that they are having to and i was also really shocked to find that, that there were churches out there that were like you can't come to our church mm -hmm. unless you've been vaccinated i was like i don't see that in any kind of verse or mm -hmm. scripture whatsoever um i don't really care what kind of political consequences it has to say this that's not your church you don't right. get to decide what why people can come and can't come that's god's church right. so 
this is very concerning, but we will definitely be praying for you and for G3. So if folks are going to be there at G3, they can find you with the other bar network folks, that's right. right? That's, that's exciting. Right. Yep. I'll be spending some time at, at the bar table and, and hanging out. So it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a great time. I'm really looking forward to it. And I hope uh, everybody who comes out will uh, have a great time and learn some, learn some good stuff, have some good fellowship. And, uh, and, uh, and it'd be useful and edifying. Which, who, who is your favorite speaker? Who are you looking forward to the most to, oh, to get to man. listen to? <laughs> uh, I, love, I love Conrad Mbewey. Oh, yeah. He's a huge, huge fan. So uh, I'm, I'm really excited to, to hear from him and maybe even be able to see him on the floor and thank him for his ministry. Um, I've, I've learned a lot from him and benefited from his ministry a great deal. So I'd be excited to to talk to him that's a great oh that's a great one i absolutely adore everything like all of his all of his stuff just it's not just the accent like the accent helps okay i'm not gonna lie i do enjoy getting to listen to folks with accents that it's fun but, so, but also just, the plus. Yeah, he is so steadfast like i have never once heard him waver in anything whether it's popular or not he is so steadfast so that's a great that's a great one um well and that's stuff on oh, I, I love one of the first things i listened to uh, of him was uh i think it was a shepherd's conference presentation about uh, witch doctors and about the, right. um, the influx of the prosperity gospel and how it has blended in with uh, traditional um, pagan practices uh, yeah. in Africa um, and, and, and in Zambia too, but but even just probably throughout Africa. And that, that was a, a huge eye-opening perspective I hadn't considered before. And that was when I first heard that several years ago, that was when I became a big Conrad fan. Yes, I remember that. I'll put a link to that and anything else that we mentioned because I that particular one, growing up in a house where it was a practicing Wiccan, it was amazing to me how when we started going to church, we started going to these Word of Faith churches, how similar the language was, how similar the practices were, how, how very much it was like spells but with Christianese put into it. And so, and I've also recently heard from some folks that live in areas that are really, really bogged down with that kind of stuff. And it's frightening, like the stuff yeah. that's going on for, for that kind of stuff. And to have it mixed in with Christianity is all, I mean, just pretty much on par with deconstruction, deconstructing mm -hmm. or adding to it with yeah. heresy is all bad. I'm super thankful for everything that you're doing for teaching. And, and really, I just, I adore the theonomy series is where I'm at right now. But I did also listen to the stoic one. And that was really helpful. Because when I clicked on it, I was like, what does that mean? And I had, <laughs> I know I'd heard the word stoic before, like in novels, but it was usually like referring to how somebody's personality was. So I was really glad to learn all that stuff. So thank you for, for teaching us in a way where we can understand and people like me can even understand with my crayons and my coloring paper to take notes. Thank you. Whether you think it or not, you are, you are brilliant. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you. your show. You have to say that or else I'll stick the squirrels on you. So I understand. <laughs> Good job. Good job. Oh, All right. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Very much. I appreciate you and your podcast as well. Keep, keep up the good work. Thanks, brother. All and right. Thanks well, for having me on. This is great.